Here we go. And I will hit the live. And I think you'll see it's a little more comfortable than you think it's going to be. <laughs> All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to tonight's episode of The Recovery Scene. Tonight, I have Justin Edson here. Uh, Justin, you said that your addiction kind of started around 19 and then that just quote a slew of bad things happened, which kind of sums up addiction, you know, <laughs> fairly well. Um, I'm going to hand the floor over to you and let you go ahead and tell us all about it. Thank you. Um, I'd have to say I probably started, I've always drank, you know, as a teen, but uh, I'd say more so 18, 19, I started drinking a little bit more. Um, it slowly just kind of became, you know, it was a fun thing at first, you know, for most people. And I guess as I got into the work world of construction, I realized that there were uh, a lot of men that drank and drinking, you know, I guess made me a man. So I started to do it more. And then, uh, I don't know, before I knew it, time had gone on. I slowly started, went from drinking weekends to uh, drinking 18 pack a night um, to a 30 pack to staying pretty consistent with that. And then the trouble with the law and things like that started to unfold. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Like you're just drinking, you know, you're just drinking with friends. And then the next thing you know, you're at a 30 pack a night, you know, exactly. it's not, and I'm not like a drinker that can have one drink. And, you know, if I'm having, I'm going all the way. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like when, it, when people talk about addiction and how they say it's a choice and we always talk about, yeah, they made the same choice that billions of, you know, quote unquote, normal people, normies did to drink with friends yes. and it just progressed. And it's before you even realize it, boom, you're, you're an alcoholic, you know, it's, it's exactly. insane. My, my eye opener for me was when I had first gotten in trouble with the law ever in my life. And they were telling me, you know, I'm an alcoholic. And cause I'm telling them, you know, in lying to them thinking, you know, oh, I'll tell them I just drink an 18 pack on the weekends. And uh, I remember telling them that and they looked at me like, are you kidding me? And that was me lying. So I was shocked when they looked back at me and like, I, I thought they were going to be okay with it, but they weren't. All right. Now, did you get pulled over? Is that what happened? So no, I, uh, unfortunately got a domestic violence case, which was, uh, later dropped to a battery. Um, it, uh, actually it, it, that stemmed from my wife. This will open up a whole lot more stuff. <laughs> uh, <It really> does. <laughs> my, my, my wife, my, my wife, um, has never been a fan of my drinking. Never. Um, I would come home after work drunk and she'd be pissed and, you know, just, just mad. And I started over time kind of rebelling against her. I started using her anger as an excuse to get out. So I would, in a sense, hope to piss her off. So I had an excuse to leave, to go drink more. Yeah, we're uh, not the greatest of people when we're in our active addiction. No. Um, 
So I had finally came to an agreement with her, you know, but I knew the whole time I'm lying. Uh, I told her I would no longer drink Monday through Friday, that I would only drink on weekends. That lasted for about two years in her eyes before she realized I was drinking during the week. She had caught me. I had came home and uh, she didn't, she didn't want me to leave because my first reaction was always to leave. Um, and when she had blocked the door, I had pushed her out of the way so that I could leave. And she then had said that, you know, she was going to then call the police. And that's how that had taken off. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't until then that I knew that I had actually um, had a problem because they put an ankle monitor on my ankle with uh, for 49 days as a, it was an alcohol monitor. And I hated every bit of it. I, I made it 49 days. <laughs> I made it 49 days. And then on the 50th day, went out and drank right away. Second came off. And then I looped my way through all of that probation term. Um, well, actually, I take that back. I looped my way through about five months of that probation term and caught another charge, drunk. Uh, I went to a concert, Bottle Rock here in Napa it's a big festival that we have uh, once a year but mm -hmm. lately due to COVID we haven't been having it um, we went there to have a good time and I'd say probably around 10 o'clock at night was around the time I had blacked out checked out I guess um, we had left um, and shortly after leaving the festival uh, I was tackled by six police officers I guess I had taken off on a car, blacked out drunk. And my response in the police report was that the, that the people in the car were shooting me. <laughs> so you, that's how, that's you how gone. I'm sorry. Did you steal, what did you do to the car? Did you steal the car? So the festival is, I mean, there's thousands of people there and we oh, were all pouring out of this festival and there's cars being directed by police officers everywhere. And we're walking down the street and there's a four-way intersection and there's probably 200 people getting ready to walk across too. Mind you, I'm not in myself at this time. Right. And I thought I heard somebody yelling at me or something. So I guess I took off. I decided to punch the front of a car's window. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and it shattered. Um, well, when I did that, it was in front of police trafficking this event. So they all just tackled me. Um, it, it wound up turning into like a big deal. Um, I wound up, uh, you know, catching another charge over that, a vandalism charge, which luckily was the last thing I've ever been in trouble for. <laughs> but still, it wasn't enough. Um, I kept, I, I finished out all my probation like that. I, I found that gray area and I drank all the way through. Yep. Um, I did the same thing. Alcohol was my main drug. I did the exact same thing. You find out when they're going to, I don't know how they did it, how they do it there. But in Michigan, where I was living, they give you a color and you have to call the number. And if your color comes up, you go in for your like drug test, you know, it tests for everything, including alcohol. So I would know when to stop drinking and start drinking water just in case. 
-hmm. Yeah, we're all, we all think we are so smart. <laughs> well, we, we think we think we are. We are, but we aren't at the same time. Right. Oh. Um, yeah, after that, it things just, I don't know. I guess they kind of got better, like for a while, it was kind of just blanketed in a sense. I think people just ignored it. Um, and then a big, a big event had happened for us. Um, my wife and two kids, we lost our house after seven years of living there. Oh, wow. Um, renting due to having an animal. Um, well, that I had never thought we were going to actually get caught for having an animal because it's hard to find anywhere to live in California and have, or, and not have, or, and have animals. Um, really? California is not like a pet friendly state, huh? No. Wow. Well, when it, come, when it comes to pit bulls and if you're uh, renting, no. The stigma of pit bulls. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that, when we got evicted from there, um, I was shook. You know, I was pretty stable, you know, life was going good. I was still an alcoholic, but managing it. Um, I wasn't drinking from sunup to sundown yet. Um, I was, I was, you know, managing myself basically. And then, what it, um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. That's all right. So you were kind of like maintaining. Yeah, I was just maintaining. Oh, the 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 loss of our house. So right. I was just maintaining. And uh, when we had lost our place and had nowhere to go, um, the house we were renting was fairly cheap. And where I live in Napa, uh, it is very expensive here. It is not easy for young people like myself to raise a family in a town like this. So we had to move in with our parents. Um, I had to set my pride aside, my ego, all that. It was, you know, totally humbling. Um, but that drove me in even deeper into alcoholism. So I kept drinking and drinking and drinking. And then um, right before the day-to-day -day stuff started happening, I had just, I was just getting ready to jump jobs. Um, I moved over to a concrete company and started working there. And a lot of those guys drink pretty heavily. And so I started drinking heavily with them even yeah. more than I was already drinking during that, the day. That is a thing. I mean, you know, and, and this is not, not all blue collar workers are, are uh, alcoholics. That's not at all what I'm about to say. But my dad, my dad made an excellent living. He was absolutely a blue collar worker. He was a pipe fitter for Chrysler for 25 wow. years. How that man never drank is beyond me because it's kind of like a culture. It's, it's, kind of, it's like a way of life. I mean, that's what you did in, in Michigan and Detroit and the surrounding areas. You went to work for like 12 hours, either at the factory or, you know, if you were say a pipe fitter or the, you know, electrician or whatever, you came home or you got with the guys, you drank your beer, you went to bed, you did it again. Like that's just how life was, you yeah. know? And yeah, I'm to this day blown away because every time we went to my quote unquote uncle's houses, you know, yeah. I mean, the beer was just stacked, you know? Oh yeah, always. 
you know, and nobody, nobody batted an eye. Nobody thought it was bizarre, you know, or strange or anything. My dad had a partner who he would constantly cover for because he would be still drunk the next day and he would have to sleep it off. Wow. And they were best friends and my dad would cover for him. It was wow. wild. Yeah. We had a lot of people covering, covering for us as well out there in the field, <laughs> you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type exactly. situation. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, when we, when we started getting those long, long distance jobs out in the middle of nowhere, and we were able to pretty much drink from start to finish it, uh, I mean, at the time I thought I was loving it, you know, I thought I was in heaven. I got to work, drink while I'm working. Everything was, you know, going good. Right. And there's nobody there to give you any crap for it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it, um, except my wife. <laughs> right. I was, right. So, so then as work went on with the new company, um, I was starting to come home, you know, drunk all the time. She was noticing it um, and I was starting to realize I could no longer, I had to drink now all the time. So I started lying to her about it. Um, I got out of that job, wound up going to another job um, and then lying my whole way through that while drinking on the job the whole time. I'm pretty sure he knew, but he never said anything to me. Um, right. Cause it's like, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, nobody kind of, yeah, that's kind of like how I ju would justify it in my head. Mm -hmm. uh, but at no. that point I was starting to wake up with okay. two, shots, two shots with my coffee. Every I was going to ask you at this point where you, you know, and, and people would think that when, you know, you got arrested twice and you know, all this stuff that you would be thinking, you know, I'm probably an alcoholic, but we don't, mm -mm. <laughs> we don't. No, I was, I was running from everything, but that any, the second I got in trouble, my first thought was defense when it came to alcohol. Uh, no one's good. Cause I knew everyone was going to jump on that one. Everyone was going to have something to say about the alcohol and right. I right. wanted no part in that. So I told everybody, if you think that's happening, get out of here you are you're out of your mind it's never gonna happen you know where the fucking door excuse my language the door is at all right it's never going to happen that was my attitude and uh man it just nobody, it, had hold, it had a hold of me yeah nobody wants and this is another thing i try and tell people nobody chooses to be an addict or an alcoholic you don't yeah. even know it's happening the chemistry in your brain has changed scientifically proven that it changes N nobody wants to be an addict and nobody wants to admit they're an addict or an alcoholic either who wants to do yeah. that that was a hard that was really hard for me to do as well um but i've yeah growing up around it i always thought it was normal you know i'd never everybody drank i mean and still it's still everybody still drinks around me um, I, I just don't know. <laughs> right, right. So you go to this third job and you're drinking the whole time, but boss isn't saying anything, but wife is, wife is on to you. Yes. So wife's on to me. Um, 
So I, I'm going back into the whole, okay, you know, if I can get her, you know, she'll just get mad at me. I'll just leave, whatever. She's always mad at me now. So it's no big deal. Well, I hadn't seen my grandma in about 10 years and she had came down to visit and uh, it was her last day here, which made me feel horrible as well. Um, it was her last day here. I came home, Carly had asked me, my wife had asked me if, if I wouldn't drink. I did. I came home. It was an argument. Um, I decided to leave. Uh, when I left that night, I wound up driving to my best friend's house or my best friend's gravesite um, and drank a lot at his gravesite. Um, leave, leaving, leaving there. Uh, I don't even remember leaving there. I, and then my tire pop, I don't even remember my tire popping. Uh, I just remember calling my friend thinking I have to get on the road to get home. So I called uh, my buddy Ben and I drove with a flat to his house and he, he jacked the car up and put my spare on and then gave me a beer as I hopped into the car and cracked it open at, while I drove away. I didn't make it but a quarter mile before I smashed into the back of this lady's truck and uh, completely demolished my car. I had no, no brakes, no nothing. Oh, wow. Um, and the craziest thing that happened from that was uh, I was sitting there just, I knew the world was coming down and I was gonna have to answer to everything, all this. Um, the car wasn't in my name at the time. I had just bought it. It wasn't in my name. Um, no registration, uh, no insurance. Um, I just got it. I hadn't done any of the paperwork process on this car. So on top of no information, drunk accident with injury, the girls claiming she had a neck injury, um, on top of all this stuff before the cops are called, I run over to this guy's car and I, uh, pretty much begged them. Um, I'll give you a thousand dollars in cash right now if you do not call the cops. And uh, that was when I realized she was complaining about neck injuries. Mm. Um, so then I called my wife and I started to think about a, like a way out. And I said, I just bought this car. It's not attached to me at all. Right. I might run. I'm going to run. And she was like, you can't do that. I said, there's nothing they can do. How are they going to know? And it was more so, you know, just having to live with that. And right. uh, so I, I, you know, just said, okay, like, you know, well, even then it wasn't enough. I still turned it around and was like, well, then you get your ass down here before the cops come and you say you were driving. That was the second thing. Mm. Uh, she's fuming by this point. Um, I bet. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> Yeah. I'm just sitting there and uh, waiting for the waiting to have to answer to all this stuff. Um, her family shows up and there's about 15 people out there by her car. It's just me. Um, I pushed my car off the road because I was worried that if a cop drove by, they'd get me on the road. Maybe I could lie about my car, something, you know, just get my car off the road. Um, so 
I'm sitting there. There's about 15 people over there by her, her car. I'm waiting for my wife. Um, they come rolling in right before the police officer show up or police officer shows up. He pulls in and uh, I told him, or he pulls in and I looked at my wife's mom and I asked her, I said, do you have any coffee? And she did. So I grabbed the coffee from her and I took a couple swigs off it before the police officer walked up to me. And when he walked up to me, he asked me, um, what's going on here? I said, I wasn't paying attention. And uh, that lady was stopped at, at a red light and I just smashed into her. And he walked over to them um, as I sat there with my wife and he comes back over and he just looks at me and he says, I'm gonna do you the biggest favor anybody's ever done tonight. And I looked at him and I said, what's that? He goes, get in your car and fucking leave. Or, or oh, I, I take that back. He says, uh, get the fuck out of here. Wow. My, car, my car's busted. I had to get a ride home from my mother-in-law who was parked right there. Um, so he pit, so he tells me to get or get the fuck out of here and your car better be gone by the time I pass here in the morning. The car that I pushed off the side of the road. I mean, it was busted. So he says that um, I'm in complete shock. I look up at him and I say, I don't know what to say. And I go to shake his hand and he goes, I don't want to shake your fucking hand. He goes, I can smell the alcohol in your breath right now. And I know I can go, I can take you down for a DUI and all this other stuff. He goes, get the fuck out of here. And my wife started screaming at me and he looked at my wife and said, do you want to go to jail tonight? And my wife, you know, stopped talking and we turned around and got, well, I had actually left with her mother-in-law. She stayed behind for the tow truck driver to pick up my truck, my, my car. Oh, wow. The other yeah. girl wouldn't have been too happy about that, though. I don't know. The, well, so I didn't get scot-free off of that. Um, there was an insurance agency that contacted me, and I do have to pay for the damage of the vehicle, which I have. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, uh, that was it. And I looked at that as a huge, huge, huge sign. Get it together now, or it's not going to happen. Yeah, that was, that was something else. Mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were looking at a lot of problems. Prison time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. All right. So what did you do after that? So after that, I still had, you know, some hiccups. I was trying, uh, my first, my first goal was to, uh, just just drive to work. Don't stop. Um, when I see the store, I stop at every single morning to pick up my shots. Don't stop. And uh, the first couple days I stopped. Um, maybe the, even the first week or two I stopped. But I remember I, I, I didn't stop one day. And uh, I didn't stop again the next day or, or the next day or the next day or the next day or the next day. And I'd say about two months went by and I got curious and I drank half, half of uh, Mike's hard lemonade. Face, the, the, the guilt, the disgust, the, the memories, all the, all the just, you know, 
tarnish I've done in my past because of it. I just didn't want that. So I told my wife that I had drank half that and, um, but I, I don't plan to drink ever again. Now, did have you go through any kind of withdrawal? Cause I mean, you were drinking heavily. Yeah. Yeah. I had lots of withdrawals. Um, uh, mood swings. Uh, I couldn't, it took me about six months before I could go out in front of people, like in two people. Uh, it took me a while. Um, my first wedding was really tough. The photo booth back when I was drinking. I mean, as, as time goes on, I'm getting a lot more of myself again, mm-hmm. but, uh, the photo booth was my thing at weddings. You know, I'm all <laughs> up in there with everything. And, uh, I had everyone calling me, you know, come into the photo booth, come into the photo booth. And I just felt anger. I didn't want to. And I got, I kept feeling like angry at them, but I had to hide it. You know, I couldn't show that because it's not my wedding. It's not my day. It's not about me. Um, So I had to go in there and, you know, put a fake smile on and I did. And I'm glad I did because that was like a gate that had been just broken down. And ever since then, it just became easier. And then I'd say around eight or nine months, I just broke free of it in a, in a way. It, yeah. Yeah. When it comes like in, a, in AA, power, they talk about, uh, you know, like finding your higher power and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never, or uh, your, your spiritual awakening. I never, ever understood that. And I'm like, spiritual, wait, what? These guys are crazy. And then I, that's as close to a spiritual real, like that I, that I can see, I don't know that or spiritual experience, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's when we stick with it. And I was saying, you know, in order for recovery to be successful, you've got to step out of that comfort zone. Yes. Got to be uncomfortable. And that's how you break down that barrier. You know, we don't get to go around it or over it. We have to bash our way through it and it's yeah. the only way to do it. And the more we do it, it's like something just kind of clicks one day and you, yes. and it's almost like you remember who you used to be. You remember how to have fun. You remember how to go to work and how to talk to people. And it's wild. It's, it's kind yeah, of like anti-addiction, you know, like it's the opposite because you don't notice that either until you're like, wait a minute, I'm having fun. <laughs> like yeah yeah and you can't have fun sober and that's what I tell I've, I've told all and I, and I feel so cliche when I say it but I always say if I can do it you can do it and my friends and I always tell them too I'm like I used to hate people telling me that mm-hmm. but I they saw me there so you know you can do it right because I'm 18 months free of it right Our cliches, cliches are even more annoying when they're right <laughs> when they're <true>. yeah <laughs> so uh, i mean a lot of it stemmed from just of my I, I come from a rough upbringing too with my mom my dad losing them at a young age and um that's right i think stems from a lot of that that's right because your parents um both died of suicide didn't they yes my mom uh my dad in 2006 uh by gun and my mom in 2007 by uh narcotics oh. and they were both they were both addicts oh wow so it's also in the family 
Oh yeah. It's all, my whole family are addicts. I'm the only one. I think I actually am the only one that's not now. Oh, wow. And you said you've got 18 months, 18 months. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is awesome. So how are things going now? You're still with your wife. Cause let me tell you, that woman loves you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> of course I'm still with my wife. I can't get rid of her. She's the one that keeps me on these paths. I know she, you, <laughs> you know, it's it, that, that is the same as my husband. And I'll ask mm-hmm. him why I know, cause we got married. Why? I mean, I was drinking then, you know, we were mm-hmm. dating, we got married and I think, why are you still here? And he would always say, cause I could see the person you were going to be. That's what my wife always tells me too. Yeah. Yeah. Found a couple of good ones. <laughs> we better. Yeah. <laughs> well that's awesome that's awesome and are you out of her parents house now oh yeah yeah we've been oh. out for a while i'm back in we have our own house renting still um but yeah have our own house working just doing the family life trying to stay as busy as possible jumping on this new tiktok thing it's been like four days for me yeah, that's awesome <laughs> tell people where they can find you on tiktok uh, you can find me at Justin Edson one is my tag at. All right. That is awesome. Thank you so much. See, that wasn't that hard. <laughs> I'm still shaking though. You did great. You did great. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was fantastic. It's a good story, Justin. It really is. And I know that it's going to resonate with probably a lot of people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Have a good night. Yes, and that's going to do it for the recovery scene. You guys don't forget to like and subscribe, and we will see you next time.